Today we're going to be discussing mainly the Habdalah candle and Bissamim. A candle that was lit on Shabbos, but Beheter, for a woman who was giving birth or a sick person, you're allowed to use it for Abdullah. A candle that was lit before Shabbos and burned through Shabbos, you're allowed to use it for Abdullah. But a candle that was lit before Shabbos by a guy and used on Shabbos for Isurim for the guy, you're not allowed to use after Shabbos. A candle has a combination of a flame that existed beforehand, an old flame, and every second it regenerates and it becomes a brand new flame. Therefore, if after Shabbos a guy lights a candle from a Jew, or a Jew lights a candle from a guy, you're allowed to use it for Abdullah because it has a brand new flame in it. On the other side, if you take a candle on Shabbos from one domain and place it in another domain, you are chayiv because you're taking the old flame and moving the old flame into the new domain. So why is it that it's also to use a flame that a guy lit from another guy's candle? That's just the gzera that you might use the original guy's candle right after Shabbos. There's a concept that the flame must be for light and not for any other purpose such as heat and cooking. Therefore, if one sees a very large flame coming out of a furnace, well, it depends. If it's the beginning of the process of heating up stones for lime, then you don't make a bracha on it. But if it's at the end of the process, and they're using that light, that, that fire for light, then it's mutter. What about the light in a shul? It very much depends. If they lit up a candle in honor of an important person, then you can't use it for Abdullah. If it's there for the caretaker, even though there's an important person there, but the caretaker needs his own light, you could make a bracha on it. And if there's a full moon that the caretaker doesn't need light, so even if the caretaker is there, you cannot use it for Abdullah. If they brought a candle into base measure for Abdullah, Machleik is Beishami says, everyone should say the bracha to themselves. Because if one person makes the bracha for everybody, that could cause a big bittel Torah. Just like if somebody sneezes in the middle of Beishami, you don't say, bless you, because that's bittel Torah. They still argue and they say that one person should make the bracha for everybody because of the concept Beroiv Am Hadras Melech. Like one person makes Kiddush for everybody, Hamaiti for everybody. It's better that one person should be Mighty everybody. A candle that was lit for the dead depends. If they would light that candle during the day in his honor, then you cannot use it for Abdullah. But if they're lighting it to see the way, then you do make a bracha on it. Perfume, a fragrance for the dead to counteract the bad smell, or for the bathroom, or for your hands, you do not make a bracha on it. But if a person has perfume in a store because he wants to attract customers, then you do make a brach on it. A city that is mostly goyim, and a nice fragrance comes out of that city, you cannot make a brach on it, it's for Avadizara. Therefore, if you have a city, and a minority of the women are, that are Jewish use the fragrance for sorcery, for kishif, and a minority of the Jewish women use it to put fragrance into their clothing, which doesn't count for Avdallah, and you have a minority that are the total amount could be a majority of smell that's not for Havdalah. If a person smelled a nice fragrance that comes from Havdalah, and he decided in his mind that he wants to benefit from it, that is an Avera. There's two conditions when it comes to the flame of Havdalah. First, you must see the flame, and you must benefit from the flame. Seeing the flame means it cannot be behind a bend, behind a corner. And benefiting is machlekes. Rav says you don't have to physically benefit from it. You can stand at a distance as long as you could possibly benefit from it and it's not dimming out with the aleph. But Rav says no, you must stand right next to it and you should be able to differentiate from the light different coins. Rav says that you don't have to search for a candle on Matzah Shabbos like you would search for an esrig and other mitzvahs. If it comes to you, 
Easy, great, if not, not. We learned in the mission that if a person forgot to say Birkas HaMazim, and he walked away from the place that he ate, according to Abishil, he doesn't have to go back. According to Abishami, he does have to go back. But Abishil admitted Abishami that if he did it on purpose, he walked away, B'mezid, he must go back. And the Gemara tells us, there were two Talmidim. One was Makfid like Bishamai. He forgot, he walked away, but he came back. He was awarded with a pocket full of golden coins. Basila, the other Talmud on the other hand, did like Basila, but on the Mazid part. He walked away on purpose and benched far away. He was eaten by a lion. The Gemara tells us an amazing story about Rabbi Barbachana. He was on a trip and he stopped to eat and he ate, but he forgot to bench and he got back on and they continued on. He said to himself, if I tell them that I forgot to bench, they'll laugh at me and they'll say, bench right here, Hashem is everywhere. So he lied to them and he said, hey, I forgot at the rest stop a golden dove. Please go back. So they went back and he benched. And the Gemara says that he found a golden dove. But the reason why he used a dove is because Klai Yisrael is nimshal to a dove. What saves a dove? Its wings. The mitzvahs save Klai Yisrael. The Mishnah tells us that as long as the food wasn't digested, you could still say Birkas HaMazan. What does that mean? Rabbi Hanan says, as long as you're not hungry from that meal, you could still bench. Or Shlach says it depends. If you walked four parsa, or the, 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 the time of four parsa, 72 minutes away, then you could still bench. If it's more than that, you can't. And that's if you ate a very large meal. But if you ate a small meal, then it depends if you're still thirsty from that meal. If you're still thirsty, then you could bench. The Mishnah tells us that if a person heard a part of a bracha, you could answer Amin. Says the Gemara, obviously he's not trying to be Yaitse, because Hamaitzi, or Kiddush, or whatever it is, because if he only heard part of it, that's not enough. What it's saying is that since you heard part of it, you're allowed to say Amin, because typically you're not allowed to say Amin if you don't hear a bracha. But since you heard part of it, so you know what bracha they're referring to, you could say Amin. This is what is better? Is it preferable to lead Zimun, or is it preferable to answer to Zimun? One of them, says it's preferable to lead. In fact, the Brisa says, you get Sakhar before the person that says, Amen. And the other, Mandoma says, no. It's like a war. You send in the lesser soldiers first, and then you send in the elite group to clean up. So the Amen is more important. Children that are taught to say a bracha, so they repeat the bracha over and over, you do not say Amen to that bracha. But a child who's laning, or reading the Aftarah, you could say Amen to his bracha. The Gemara tells us, very interesting names. Rab Zilai, he says that a person that's used to washing his hands should not bench until he washes his hands. Says Rab Zivai, that's not true. You don't have to be careful with that. Comes along Rab Zuhumai and says that hands that are mezuam, meaning they are dirty hands, one should wash them, otherwise he cannot bench. Says Rab Nachman, in this Lashon. I don't know Zilai, Zivai, Zuhumai. I don't know who these people are. All I know about is a Bryce. And the Bryce it says, V'yisim G'dayshim. From here I learned that you should do Mayim Rishonim, you should wash the tails of Naim, and Mayim Achroinim. And then when the Pesach continues, it says, Ki Kadosh is referring to oil. You should use oil on your hands. Ani Hashem teaches us that you should bench Birkas HaMazayim. Have a wonderful day.